You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboo and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court and today we'll be talking about anal sex with Mahmoud Bedon. Mahmoud is a Brazilian psychologist. He's a certified sex therapist, digital influencer, and sexual influencer. Since 2018, he has dedicated his career to online sex education, providing information on sexual health and relationships on social media to almost 4 million people, mostly women. He also created an online course to help women express and live their sexuality with no guilt, shame, or fear of judgment. Currently, he has more than 3,000 students. Welcome, Mahmoud. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm very glad I'm here. Thank you for the invitation. And I'm, nice to yeah. meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you in person. I know. I don't even remember how I found you. I think I might have been on Instagram and, and found your stuff. No, I, I will. I will tell you how I found how you found me. I read your book on Amazon, one about uh, gay sex therapy. I I don't remember the name of the book, but it, it's for gay men. It's um, it's like a guide. Yeah. Yes, this one. This right, one. Yeah. I I I bought it on Amazon, and then I went uh, on your Instagram and I DM'd you. <laughs> ah, that's how we met. Okay, got it. Yes, that's how we met. <laughs> and then I have to tell you, I fell in love with your content. And at first I was like, I didn't see how many people you had following me. I'm like, he can't have that many following him. This stuff is like, so, you know, um, I thought like, I actually thought in America, your stuff, I think would be offensive to women, but, but yes. it's not to the women that, that, why, why, why is it something you'll draw for them? Uh, because look, when I was uh, at my at at the sexology course, when I used to study, I used to do a lot of research on gay men because I'm gay. So these these topics, these themes, used to interest me more. But then, out of nothing, when I started gaining a lot of followers on Instagram, I started realizing that most of them were women, and yeah. most of them were women that like. They are from different educational contexts. They are from different uh, social classes. And then when we, they used to ask me questions, they used to ask me questions using very popular language. So I started like doing videos using the popular language. Uh, they used to ask me the questions mm-hmm. so that they would feel uh, closer to me. They would feel more intimate to me. And it's it's been going uh, well because they, they feel like... Uh, they are respected in their needs and in their limitations and in their necessities. I don't use difficult language at all. I use like very, very blunt language. And some people think it's offensive, but actually it's only for me, it's it's just a way to make sexology accessible to people, you know? Absolutely. And you do. And I think it's great. But I just know here, like even when I do my TikTok videos, they are, I mean, people get offended by language. TikTok gets offended by language. And we're, I'm just trying to educate. And so <laughs> I can't even say like today we're going to talk about anal sex, but on TikTok, I have to say butt sex. Like I'm 12. Yes. <laughs> I, well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's why i'm not on tiktok because i know but i i love TikTok. you know i love my favorite about tiktok is that you get on other people's walls that wouldn't have seen you otherwise and so then yes. suddenly they're you know what i mean like when you're but for whatever reason you have i mean what a good reason you have all this following and 
Do you talk about anal sex on your Instagram? Yes, it's one of the basic, uh, it's one of the main uh, questions. Whenever, like every day I open a box on Instagram on my stories. Yeah. And even if I, if, if I put, uh, today's topic is masturbation. Today's topic is orgasm. Today's topic is sexual orientation. Someone will ask about anal sex. You know, I don't know how it is in America, but here in Brazil, it's something that is very fetishized. All the butt yes. thing, all the anal sex thing. It's one of the most fetishized stuff in Brazilian society is anal sex. Wow. And well, like the you. word anus is in everyone's mouth. It's, it, it's in everyone's mouth. The word anus, uh, uh, the popular word for anus in Brazil is cu. C-U, cu. Oh, C-U. Oh, okay. And this word is in various idiomatic expressions. What does it mean? <laughs> It, for example, cool means uh, cool means anus. But for example, if you say uh, it means I'm very afraid. I have the anus in my hands in, in Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese. It means I'm very afraid. If oh. you say, for example, uh, your asshole is turned into the moon, it means you are a very lucky person. Oh. Brazilian idiomatic expressions. <laughs> oh, so it's a very, like you say, fetishized and preoccupied a little bit with it. Yes, exactly. Now here in America, it's stigmatized more for men. And I have my line, maybe you've heard me say it. Your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether exactly. it's gay, straight or bi, because so many straight men think that if they like anal play and women think this, if my guy likes anal play, he's gay. Like, no, yes. there are gay men that it, never have anal that's something I always work with my followers. I, uh, I, like you said, most of my followers are straight women. And uh, I always tell them that uh, anal eroticism has nothing to do with sexual orientation and vice versa. And I'm really in shock because a lot of women who follow me, they come to me and they report that they, they, are, um, they are into pegging, you know, strap on. They, they use the dildos to penetrate yes. their heterosexual men and they think they are doing like uh, sometimes they feel guilt for that or they uh, they, they 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 feel uh, fear to do that because they think that uh, uh, this would mean that their husband or their boyfriend is gay but it's not like you can be a gay man and uh, not like to be stimulated in your anus and you can be a straight man and like it and it's okay because anal eroticism has nothing to do with sexual orientation 100%. So I'm one of those guys. I'm a gay guy. I'm up almost 58 years old. I've never had anal sex, top or bottom. It doesn't interest me. It's not an erotic zone. We have a Facebook group called Side Guys. We have 700 people in there. And so much uh -huh. shame exists for gay men who don't do anal sex because at least in America, everything is you're a top or you're a bottom. It's all about penetration. And if you tell somebody you're a side, you're, they're like, then how do you have sex? Like the idea yes. is that that's the only way to have sex somehow. Yes, here in Brazil, uh, we, we refer to top uh, and bottom as active and passive, achievo e passivo, but I don't like these terms. I don't like neither the terms achievo uh, e passivo, active or passive, nor the terms uh, top and bottom. What do you like? I'm, I'm loving that. What, do you, what would you say? I, I prefer the scientific terms insertive and receptive because it's actually what happens. Someone inserts a penis inside uh, other one's uh, butt And the other one receives the penis. And this is a better term for me to refer to anal sex. 
So for me, scientifically, it's insertive anal sex or receptive anal sex. Because if I, if I like receptive anal sex, if I like to receive a penis uh, inside me, doesn't mean I'm always on a bottom position in bed. I can be on top. And doesn't mean I'm uh, necessarily passive in bed. Like passive, you don't do anything. You just uh, interact passively with the situation. Did you get what I mean? I absolutely do, and I love it because there are uh-huh. bottoms. Well, we, we say when we say bottoms, they're not all passive. Sometimes they're power bottoms, right? Do you have that word out there? Yeah, no, it's more. Look, the Brazilian uh, gay culture is very influenced by the American culture, uh, so we we use sometimes power bottom, but uh, in Portuguese, I can't find a term to refer. Ah, yes, there's a term, passivona. It means someone who only. Likes to do receptive anal sex. Got it. I like that you're changing the language and taking away the the power dynamics because it's not necessarily. One time I had a client, I'll never forget it. He was straight and he, uh-huh. he was talking about giving anal sex to his wife. And he said, you know, people don't realize I'm vulnerable too as the one inserting. It's not just yes. her vulnerability receiving. I'm vulnerable going in. I'd never thought about that. This was like 20 years ago. Exactly. That's why we should... Uh, we should get rid of these power dynamics. What we like to do in bed has nothing to do with our personality traits or or other stuff. That's what I love about your work. You differentiate all this stuff. But talking about anal sex, what are the myths that you want to bust about anal sex? And no pun intended. Look, most people think that anal sex is necessarily painful. Like if you think about anal sex, people would think immediately about pain, but this is not true. If you do anal sex correctly with using lubricants, if you don't do anal sex like you do vaginal sex or any other type of sex, then it, it, is, it is pleasant if you like it, if you do it correctly. So the first myth I want to debunk is that anal sex is not uh, uh, necessarily painful. Okay, good. What else? Another one is that a lot of people think that anal sex is something uh, disgusting or something uh, sinful. I don't think it is necessarily disgusting. It's another myth we should debunk because a lot of people, a lot of people don't like to do anal sex, but a lot of people feel like it. They they do like it, and they and they feel like repressed because of uh, of such myths. So this is another myth. We should uh, debunk that uh, anal sex is something disgusting or sinful or something wrong. It's not wrong if it's the way you feel you want to express your sexual uh, needs, if it's the way you, uh, you feel like to, to react sexually, and if it's consensual, it's not wrong. So these are two, uh, our two basic needs, uh, our two basic myths I, I think we need to debunk so that people would... Uh, do anal sex with more pleasure and less pain. You know, when I was a student at sexology and we read the DSM, I realized that all the sexual dysfunctions written in the DSM uh, refer to a heterosexual traditional sex of the penis inside the vagina. Mm -hmm. And I felt that none of that, none of that addressed me. And then I had the problem that, um, that impeded me from having a pleasure during anal sex. And I perceived that that was a sexual problem for me, that if I lost erection or if I had uh, uh, fast ejaculations, this wouldn't be a problem for me. But feeling pain during anal sex 
was a big problem for me. That's why I decided to study anal dyspareunia, which is pain during anal sex, which is something that is not that studied by, uh, by sexologists because most of the times they focus on, um, on problems that address the, the traditional sex, the one, the cis-heterosexual uh, sex. Did you get yeah. what I mean? I do know what you mean. So wait, this is important though, because you first said it wasn't painful, but now you're talking about it being painful. So can you help us? Yes, yes. It is not uh, naturally painful, but sometimes it could be painful. And then this would be characterized as a a sexual difficulty that can be solved with sexual therapy, with medical interventions, with therapeutic interventions. It's like, um, you know... uh, Anodysparonia is like a sexual dysfunction, like dyspareunia in women, or like um, um, erectile dysfunction, or like premature ejaculation. Yes. Did yeah, you I get totally it now? Well, like a disorder. Like something. Yes, it's like a disorder. Yes. Yes. And so what you're saying is let's help with the disorder. It's not the anal sex that's the problem. It's the. Yes. Uh, yeah. The- exactly. Thank you. you. You're getting what I mean. You're a good I am, listener. I'm liking it. <laughs> So then one of the things we're taught here is to have people get different size dilators and allow themselves to go up from smaller to larger to be able to handle it. Is that what you yes. do? Yes. Yes. But it, uh, there are also techniques I teach my patients and my students to relax because the research is they show that the main cause of pain during anal sex is lack of relaxation and lack of lubrication. Most women, uh, they uh, when they do anal sex, they just, uh, don't use a lubricant and uh, uh, the anus is not like the vagina you know the vagina we have the Bartolin glands right we yes. have the Bartolin glands and they they secrete a natural lubrication but in uh, the anus we don't have this natural lubrication so people must use a, an, um, a lubricant a water-based lubricant and another thing we do is to, uh, to teach them how to relax there are techniques to to relax the anus. <laughs> I like that. Right. Okay. And um, what about people? I've had clients say, when I am entered, I feel like I have to evacuate immediately. Like they have to feel like they have to um, What about that? We have something called here in Brazil, shuka, which is the popular term for enema. Most uh, doctors, they don't recommend uh, to do that every day because it can alterate the intestinal flora. But I am... Um, most people who do anal sex, a lot of people who do anal sex, they, they do it. So uh, I, I like to teach the right way to do it because the way that there is uh, less impact on, on, on health. For example, there are disposable ones. I don't know if they, they exist in the US, but here in Brazil, we have disposable enemas. You know, you buy it once at the pharmacy, you use it once, and then you throw it out. Okay. I have I have one here. Let me see. But you, but the this is a podcast. There's the the listeners want me. I would send you a picture later. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh-huh. What about um, cleaning out? You know, like um, the person that's the uh, what do you call the person receiving? Uh, the the receptive partner. The receptive partner, right? They have a little bit more work on their hands because they have to evacuate or like clean themselves out. Yes, you- that's why that's why they do the enema, right? Oh. And then, uh, and then they would be less. They would go to anal sex with less fear, you know, that they would uh, eva- evacuate or 
What about also I've had people say, even though they, my partner cleaned out, when I pulled my penis out or pulled out the uh, strap on, there was feces on it. And it was such a turnoff. What yes, because, because look, enema is not a guarantee that this wouldn't happen because actually one of the main functions of the anus is to retain our feces. So um, the use of enema would reduce the probability, but it wouldn't eliminate totally the probability of because a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they are afraid to do receptive anal sex because they are afraid to like uh, uh, eliminate feces on the on the partner's penis or to to dirty the the the, the sheets. So that's why I I indicate enema, right? That's why I like to teach the right way to do it. There are disposable uh, objects for them here in in Brazil. But also enema is not a guarantee that this is not going to happen. Right. So that's why people should be like uh, aware that accidents may happen and it's okay. The more you feel intimate uh, uh, with your partner, uh, the 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 more you you deal better with the situation, the better you deal with the situation if it happens. So, what about um? You also talk about sex toys and gadgets for anal foreplay. What would that be? Yes, uh, anal plugs. You know, dilators. There are specific objects that can be used to stimulate the anus. Because I don't know in the states, but here in Brazil, there are a lot of accidents that happen because. People would insert anything there, like uh, desodorants or 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 vegetables or any object, and sometimes they have to go to the emergency to take it out. That's why I think that we um, sex educators should should uh, indicate to the right objects for for this type of stimulation. All the objects inserted in the anus they have to have stoppers that impede them from being like. Uh, Sugado, how do they say to be? We say sucked sucked in, in, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean because I had the same training that you want to tell somebody and it should have a hook or some way you can pull it back out just in case because otherwise you got to Right. Exactly, exactly. I've never heard of anal foreplay. That's a really uh, wakes up my brain to, for people to think if you're going to have anal sex, there's anal foreplay. Would it, that include yes, rimming? of course. You can right. caress the butt. You can insert the fingers. Beijo uh, grego is like an analingus. Is uh, anilingus? Is that, yeah, anal- is that right? Analingus. It's one type of uh, of anal foreplay. Yeah, and. We say here, uh, people still don't know what that means. So it's, it's licking anus, you know, I have to tell licking people. Like, they don't, yeah. Here in Brazil, it's beijo grego. It means Greek kiss. Oh, oh, our Greek kiss. <laughs> oh yeah. That makes sense. Of course. In Jewish, uh, on Sex in the City, they said, because in Jewish, you would say, tuchis lingus. You write down here types of anal practices. So what does that mean? Because I'm thinking since I don't do it, how many times? Yes, we have, uh, we have the, because people are, people sometimes think that sex is only uh, anything that involves a penis inside something, right? But we don't need uh, penises necessarily to feel sexually stimulated or to play sexually. So there is insertive anal sex. This is one type. There's receptive anal sex. This is other type. There is a, 
fingering. This is a type of anal, of anal practice. If you put a finger inside someone's asshole, this is a type of anal practice. If you lick someone's asshole uh, or butt, this is a type of anal practice. There's a stuffing, which is putting um, objects inside. Uh, uh, there is uh, fisting. There are several types of practices, not only a penis inside a butt. And I know that you're you're working. This is like your um, dissertation, isn't it? You're working on this in your PhD program. No, not my PhD. I I, I worked on that uh, during my sex certificate uh, program. It was like in 2016. Oh, all right. And I'm still the- trying. I'm still trying to go. I want to do my PhD in the US. I'm trying to, but in the future, not now. Okay. You know that Modern Sex Therapy Institutes provides them. Do we? Have, yeah, we talked about that. Yes. Okay. All right. I want um, to do the, the gay and transgender affirmative one. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yes, we have that going too. What I like about what you're saying is it applies to everyone. It doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter orientation. Everybody has an anus. Yes, everybody has an anus. And something I did wrong in my dissertation is that I only talked about uh, men who have sex with men and heterosexual women. But lesbian women, they also like anal sex. There are yep. a lot of lesbian women who love to do anal sex. Yes. So uh, everyone has a butt. Right. right. That's what your stuff just um, is. So it, it, it's diversity inclusive, right? Yes. What else do you think is important about anal sex that I haven't asked about, we didn't talk about? Um that uh, the more excited you are, the more uh, you feel excited, the more desire you have, uh, the, the, the better the anal sex is, the more relax, relaxed you become because the systems in our body that uh, uh, co- control the excitation process are the same ones that control the relaxation process. So for example, if I'm very excited, it means that my parasymp- parasympathetic uh, system is working and this is the same system that uh, uh, makes me feel more relaxed did you get what i'm saying yes right so right we go into an altered state when we're turned on and we're aroused and then our body yes. relaxes the more right. the more turned on you become the, the more you relaxed you become so the better anal sex you have this is very important and the more you feel intimate with your partner the better This is the one last question I wanted to ask you. I don't want to forget. What about poppers? You know, a lot of gay men and bisexual men or just men in general. who are. I was afraid. I was afraid to talk about pop uh, about poppers because uh, it's illegal here in Brazil. I don't know in uh, in in the United States, Uh, but a lot. uh, What I read in the researches is that when people use poppers, they have less. um, They are less prone to 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 feel pain during anal sex. Because when people inhale poppers, uh, it has a vasodilating effect and the anus, it relaxes, you know, and uh, the, 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 the first penetration tends to be less, less painful. Got it. Okay. Right. And I just, yeah, I know. I, I don't know if they'll edit this out here or not, but I know it's frequently used and helps people feel more relaxed. Yes, it helps. With, but it has a lot of uh, side effects. Uh, one of the main causes of death between gay men in the beginning of uh, of the millennium, in the beginning in the year in the years two thousand, was because they they used poppers with the Viagra, and the, you cannot combine both substances. That's why sex education, I think, should uh, work uh, with uh, risk reduction. You know, like 
we, we, we as sex educators, we should, we, we should tell people uh, that they shouldn't make such stuff. Did you get what I mean? <laughs> uh, yes, right. That they shouldn't, that it's dangerous to use Viagra. It's very or, dangerous. Yes. And poppers together. Thank you. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Um, so, all right, we're going to have to stop. I could keep talking to you more. Maybe we'll bring you back next season. How can people Thank find you. you? You can find me on uh, uh, at Mahmoud Baidun underscore. This is my Instagram account. It's everything is in Portuguese, but I speak English. So if you DM me, I can, we can chat about sexuality, about anything. Feel free. I'm always available online. Thank you, Joe. I'm a really fan of your work. I love your book. Uh, um, and soon I'm going to be your student at the Modern Sex Institute. I would love that. And I'm a fan of yours. And, uh, and it's true. I want people to hear this. You are always available. When I DM you, you are right there. So thank <laughs> you for, for joining me. Thank you. you. Thank you. Those of you that were listening today, if you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can always follow me at Dr. Joe Court on Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Stay safe and stay healthy, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, my friend.